Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Jones on first down. Wide open. It's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach in college basketball. Hands down. Bins two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Anafrio. And we got Justin with his Patriots sweatshirt on today. Big game for them tomorrow night. They've won four in a row. It's, it's a rematch of Super Bowl 51 as the Patriots. I know they played in 2017, but it's a rematch of Super Bowl 51 as the Patriots head down to Atlanta to face the Falcons, who are a little bit better than we thought they were going to be this year. I think a big reason for that is because of the play of the quarterback, and the quarterback has played well this year and still has proven that he's a franchise quarterback. But for this game, I know it's a short week. I know the Patriots are traveling, but I think they're going to be – Bill Belichick's going to have them well prepared. I think they're going to be able to, you know, run the football with, with Stevenson. I think Mac Jones, as you saw, you saw right there, a trap game. Yes, it very easily is a trap game. Jared's right about that. It's just, you know, playing a team that they're clearly better than the Patriots. But, you know, going down to Atlanta, I, we've seen the Patriots lose, lose some games that they could have won this year. We saw them lose, lose a, a, at home to Miami in week one, and we saw them lose, you know – to the to the Saints in Week Three, but since that Bucks game, uh, they've been they've been on tra- they've been playing really well. They did lose to the Cowboys, but they lost in overtime. So the Patriots have been playing really really good football. I don't like saying it because I'm not a Patriots fan, but they've been playing really good football. And I think it continues this week. I think they run the ball with Stevenson. I think Mac Jones is a good game because that's going to set up play action. And I think this defense with Matt Judon's going to get pressure on Matt Ryan, maybe force a turnover. I think Matt Ryan will make some plays in this game, but not enough. And that's why I got the Patriots winning their fifth straight. I got the Pats beating the Falcons on Thursday night, 27-17. But, Justin, can Matt Bryan outplay Mac Jones and lead the Falcons to their fifth win of the season? It's going to be tough because, as we know, Bill Belichick is great against quarterbacks that are below average to average quarterbacks. And, yeah, you know, 
Jared's right. It could be a track game. Not only you, you looked at last Thursday, you never really know what you're going to get on a Thursday on Thursday night. So I think they can keep it competitive. The defense is playing a lot better. But again, like last week, the first drive of that game, the Browns had 70 rushing yards. They didn't try to run the football after that at all. They couldn't stop the run on that first drive. And for whatever reason, Cleveland got away from it. So I know Atlanta doesn't have a great rushing attack, but you know, in the past, the secondary has been playing better. Um, but yeah, Thursday night, short week, you just come off a blowout from the Browns and the Falcons got absolutely destroyed. I think, you know, Matt Ryan makes a couple plays in this game, but I don't think it's enough. I, I have the Patriots win this game 24-20. They, they should be able to win this game. And, it, you know, things are starting to restore to order here. The Patriots look like they're a threat again in the AFC. And New England quarterback is hated. So, you know, things are starting to return to normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, there's talk about them being a, a threat in the AFC. I still think they're a year away from that. I mean, I know the AFC is weak this year, but I still think they're a year, a year away from that. I still think Buffalo is clearly the best team in the division. I clearly think they have the better roster. Outside, the only advantage I feel like the Patriots, the only advantage the Patriots have with Buffalo is I feel like their offensive line, their running game is an advantage, and obviously the coaching advantage with uh, Bill Belichick over Sean McDermott. But I think Buffalo clearly is the better roster than the Patriots. I know, you know, they're only a half game behind, but I still think Buffalo is clearly a better team. And I think Tennessee's Tennessee's a better team. I think Baltimore's a better team. I think all those teams are better than the Patriots. I'm not taking away taking anything away from the Patriots if they played well. I just feel like you know I think they'll win this game, but we'll, we'll learn a lot about them in that in that late season stretch when they have Buffalo twice and they play the and they play the Titans and they go to the Colts too. Could be fighting for a playoff spot. So I think the Patriots. I think they're a good team. I think they very easily can get a wild card. I just don't think. The, the, the hype they're getting is is warranted yet. I just still don't think the hype they're getting is warranted yet. I know they're six and four. I know they've won four in a row, but and I know Mac Jones has played really well outside of Jamar Chase. He's the offensive rookie of the year. I just don't still don't think they're. I think they're a good team. I just don't think they're the team that a lot of the national media has been talking about. They're not the team that the national media has been talking up all week. I still think there's some issues on this team. I still think yes, yeah, stopping the runs an issue. And I think, and I still think, even though the receiving core is a little bit better this year, I still think the receiving core is a little bit of an issue for this team. So I think they're good. I don't think they're as good as people are saying they are. You're absolutely right. I think there's still some holes and there's still some issues that they have to fix and they have to get better on, but you can make the argument. This team could really be nine and one. They pretty much blew every game beside the saints and they still even had a chance with the saints. So to win that game. So they could be nine and one, and the story would be a lot different. You know, this team continue to improve. Mac Jones, he made a really couple of nice balls he threw last week. Um, like, yeah, this team may not be the greatest roster that Bills ever had, but this team just has gotten better week in and week out, and that's usually what Bill Belichick seems to do. Usually, this is right around the time where they kind of start to peak and they're playing the best football right around Thanksgiving, and we're getting to that point. So. Yeah, they may not have the roster to match up with Buffalo or Tennessee or Baltimore or even maybe the Chiefs. The Chiefs kind of figures things out right now. But coaching-wise and the way they've gotten better, and you could see the chemistry with – like even like Kobe Myers, that touchdown, the first time he's ever scored a touchdown, you know. I don't know if you saw but the whole sideline met him in the end zone. Like That's crazy just, that, was a, that was his first touchdown of his career because he yeah. he's been – the last two years he's been one of their better receivers. Crazy that was yeah. his first touchdown. That was his first touchdown of his career. You thought he had it against Dallas, but it got it got called back. That's crazy. That was his, that was the first touchdown of his career. Yeah, absolutely. He's thrown, I think, two passing touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, no, no receiving. That was the first one. But if you saw in the end zone, like this team is together. Like this team, there's like a bond between these guys too, which I, I think is really, really key and what what you need to make it make a run. 
So I, I also think that's a huge thing right now with this team. So, yeah, they may have that the roster to be like top three, top four in the AFC. But I think coaching wise and, and I think this team is believing that they could play with anybody and beat anybody any given Sunday. And I don't want to compare them to Super Bowl teams, but you made a good point about how, how they've peaked, you know, how they, how they peaked. And that's historically Bill Belichick teams have done that. Obviously, back when they won the Super Bowl in 2001, they started one and three. They, they ended up finishing 11 and five, winning that Super Bowl. 2003, they started the season. Remember, they had that terrible loss to Buffalo. I know you might be too young to remember. They had that terrible loss to Buffalo when they got rid of lawyer Malloy and Malloy played for the Bills. They, had, they ended up losing that game 31-0. They, start, they started, then they lost to Washington week four. They were 2-2. Two and two. They didn't lose a game for the rest of the season. Then you then then, then we go to uh, then we go to like two, two uh, let's go, let's go back to that 2014 season. They started 2-2. Two and two. They got humiliated. Humiliated in that game, that Monday night game in Kansas City. We all remember that. When everybody was saying Brady's done, the Patriot dynasty is over. They go out, they finish 12 and 4, really 13 and 3, because they played their, they, they sat their charges against Buffalo. They end up winning another Super Bowl. We remember 2017 when they started, when Cam Newton, Cam Newton beat them and Foxborough, they lost to Kansas City early in the year. They started 2 and 2. They went on to go to the Super Bowl, lost to the Eagles. Then remember 2018, you know, uh, they started, they started a one and, they started 1 and 2. They lost yeah. that game to Detroit and then they ended up finishing 11 and 5. Then they end up winning the Super Bowl again. So in, in three, three of their four, four of those years, they, four of those ten, uh, those nine years they got to the Super Bowl, they started really, really slowly in September. So historically, September's been Bill Belichick's worst month. He started uh, one, in, I think it was one and two. We started one and two, one and three this year. So historically, it's his, it's his worst month. But his teams are his teams are getting better. And the, the good part now is that's that's not just showing up when Tom Brady's there. It's now showing up with Mac Jones, and that's the thing for that Patriot fans have to be excited about. Oh yeah, absolutely, and you know. Listening to WEI when Mac Jones on there on like Mondays, they they call him like a robot because he's like again like structural wise he seems like he's like Tom Brady. He goes to bed at eight thirty, wakes up at like four thirty. He doesn't do he said he doesn't do anything for fun. He just hangs out with his family, hangs out with his girlfriend. That's about it. It's all football, all business for him, and that's just like Brady. Like there's a lot of similarities between the two of these guys, and he's been great. He's been I know the two weeks before the Browns game, he kind of you know. Was were not his great outings, but like last week he came out, he was unbelievable. He, you know, made a couple of big throws. So yeah, it, you know, it shows he's fit this system. He kind of fits what Bill wants, and this team kind of just it, it's kind of like that Bill Belichick team. As yeah, as you went through all the years there, yeah, they start out slow, but they kind of figure their way out right around now. You know, they're four game winning streak right now, and they're they're playing some really good football right now. And it just kind of seems like they should continue to ride the ship and. You know, the Thursday night game may come at a good point, too, where you kind of have that mini bye because we're already week 11. And, you know, they don't have their bye to week 13. So now you get that mini, like, 10-day break here, which, is, you know, probably going to help, too, that they get some extra time because, you know, the latest bye, you know, they're ever going to have. Oh, absolutely. They have a really late bye. They have, I think their bye is after, is, a, is after the Buffalo game. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this, what this team now has to show is they got to show consistency. If they want to be considered what people have been talking about them this week, they got to win this game against the Falcons. This is this is a game where they have the better roster. And I don't think I, the quarterbacks are pretty close, but I would still take Matt Ryan over uh, over Mac Jones. But I think they have the better roster. They clearly have a much better, much better head coach. This is a game that if the Patriots want to be, you know, content, Super Bowl contenders, like people are saying they are after this week, they have to win this game. They don't win this game. To me, they're not Super Bowl contenders. They, if they want to, if they want, they got to be teams are supposed to be at this point in the season. So if they want to, if they want to be Super Bowl contenders, they got to win this game tomorrow night. 
Oh, absolutely. And I see Hector's comment too. The Pats defense has been fire the past four games. You have 12.5 points per game. I knew it was good, but I didn't know it was, it's been that good the last few weeks. But um, I guess it shouldn't be too surprising because they've been great. But yeah, you got to be able to, uh, you know, what's up, Xander? How you doing? We'll get to the Cowboys later, Xander. We'll get to the yeah, Cowboys soon. We'll, yeah, but- soon, soon. Big game Sunday for you guys. But um, looked a lot better too Sunday. But yeah, um, they, they have to. And uh, the NFC has kind of been a thorn at their side this year. They couldn't beat the Cowboys. They didn't beat the Bucs. They didn't beat the Saints. They finally got by with the Panthers. But, yeah, they they they've have not been – they have not done well against NFC teams this year. So, yeah, that Thursday night game is always a tough one. But, yeah, it's definitely a game you got to know. Uh, got to win here on, on Thursday night. You got to beat the land on the road. It's a team that's reeling after. They just got absolutely blown, blown to shreds against Dallas. And talking about Hector's comment of the past four weeks, the deep, that's been probably, I would say, even more than Mac Jones, that's been the biggest reason why the team's been on a four-game winning streak. Because, you know, I mean, against against the Chargers, uh, starting in the Jet game, they had, they had a good game against the Jets. They had a really good game against a good quarterback in Justin Herbert. I mean, they embarrassed Sam Darnold, only giving up six points. And last week, they embarrassed Baker Mayfield, only giving up seven points. Their defense has been, yeah, their defense has been outstanding. And I think a reason why their defense has played the way it has is they've played more zone coverage than they've ever played. They've adjusted, and that's what a great coaching staff does. They adjust. They saw, you know, early in the season, this team without Stephon Gilmore, who was, was one of the top corners in the league, they couldn't play a lot of man coverage. J.C. Jackson's good, but he's not great. They had to play more zone coverage, and it's really worked out. And that goes back to your point, too, that why Belichick struggles in September. Sometimes he's just trying to figure his team out. Now he's figured his team out, and th- and, and that's why they've been playing the way they've been playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they played a ton. It was kind of like the same stuff they played against Arnold. They kind of, you know, I figured kind of out that, that recipe. Because yeah, J.C. Jackson's good if he's going up against a weaker number one, but if he goes up against one of the top five, top ten wide receivers, he usually gets burnt most of the game. Um but yeah, like the zone coverage has been has been working. Matthew Judon too, like can he get he, like he, he should be right up there with defensive player of the year. He's made such a huge impact on this defense. Their pass rush the last few weeks um, has been unbelievable. They've been able to get to the quarterback. They've able to force turnovers, which you know the Patriots have always kind of been able to do when their defense is good. It's forcing those turnovers. You know, even making like those big special teams play, and they're really starting to do that the last couple of weeks. So yeah, you know they may have not played the best quarterbacks the last couple of weeks. You know, maybe besides, you know, Herbert, but Belichick's really made him look human the first two meetings that they've played. But, yeah, the defense right now, they're really, really starting to play. And I, you know, ever since Gilmore kind of left, and I I thought it was – I did not like the move. I kind of was hoping that they'd figure something out. But, yeah, he's he's changed kind of the coverages. And, you know, the pass rush has been great. And uh, Christian Barmore has been unbelievable too. You know, not not racking up the sacks, but just getting the – just getting the QB pressure, he's been really, really good. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to that question. We get to the uh, we get to the we get to the Seahawks Cardinals game. We'll get the, yeah. As Jander said, guys, serious question: If you think the Seahawks keep struggling and don't make the playoffs, we'll keep Carol be on the hot. We'll, we'll get to that. I'll have an, I'll definitely have an opinion on that. We'll we'll, we'll do that game. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll do it this way. We'll do the, we're obviously going to do the Giants next. We'll do the Cowboy game, and then before we go to our bets, bets, we'll do that Seattle uh, Arizona game. So so we'll we'll get to that. So so good questions, Andrew. We'll we'll get to that question. Hang on there for that question. But we got to get to my team, and we got to get to uh, the former Patriot quarterback Tom Brady, who has been struggling recently as uh, he. But he has a big game on Monday night as he hosts the, as he hosts the Giants, and this is a, this is a big game for both teams. I mean, on the Giants side, they got this is probably the most healthy they're going to be. This has been the most healthy they've been all season. They, you know, they they this is a must win for them. 
seeing where they are in the NFC right now. There still is an outside shot of them making the playoffs, but if they lose this game, their playoff hopes are probably over, and it's probably over for Dave Gettleman as the general manager of the Giants because they, if they have another, you know, six and eleven or seven and ten, he's probably going to, as he, as he should, he should get he should get fired. And what I think about this game is, I think this is gonna this is gonna be a real. What would you say about the Bucks? If they, I, I listen, I'll, I'll make a deal, Xander. If the Bucks lose this game, I'm out on them being my pick to win the Super Bowl. I'll say that right now. If the Bucks lose this game, I'm out. I'm out on the Bucks if they lose this if they lose this game. So that, that that will be my deal I will make to Xander. I will be out on them if they lose this game. But in this game, I, I feel like this is going to be a competitive game. I feel like Daniel, they, they like the Giants, their wide receivers getting Kevin, Kenny Galladay. They might not have Sterling Shepard, but with Galladay and with Kadavius Tony, I think they're going to make plays against the secondary. I think Andrew Thomas being back is going to be big. Tampa Bay is not. The big reason why Tampa Bay's defense hasn't been as good this year is they've but not been as good getting to the quarterback this year. So I think the Giants will move the ball in this game. I think they're going to move the ball, you know, up, uh, they're going to move the ball down the field. I think I think Vita Vea might be out, and that's big. Vita Vea being out is going to be big because I think Saquon Barkley, hopefully Saquon Barkley's back. He's going to get some yards on the ground. So I think the Giants move the ball. I do, but I do think Tampa Bay moves the ball on the Giants. I do think Brady has a good game. Maybe he makes a mistake. Maybe he throws one interception. But I think he has a really, really good, good game. I think this is a close, competitive game. But it's similar to last year, I feel like the better team's going to pull it out, and that's why I got the Bucks beating the Giants on Monday night, twenty-seven to twenty-four. But Justin, can the Giants D contain contain? Can the Giants D contain Tom Brady for them to pull the upset? It's going to be tough, honestly. Back-to-back poor performance by Brady. you, you got to assume that he plays a lot better Monday night. But, like, the last two games the Giants have played, you know, they, um, you know they've, get, they've given up 12 trips to the red zone. But they've only given up scores in four of those drives, though. So it's been a bend but don't break defense. The only issue is with that now is now that you're playing Tampa Bay, Brady doesn't usually settle for field goals. He, he scores touchdowns, so – it may not work this week, but they've been good. They've been better for the most part. And um, I see Xander's comment. Do we agree the Bucks' defense is what can hold them back from going back to back? I believe so. And that's secondary. I believe that secondary is that secondary is a big reason. I think there's I think there's three reasons. Uh, one is their secondary. Two is their running game. Their running game is inconsistent. And I hate to say the third one. I really, really hate to say the third one, but it's Brady's age and the last two weeks. He's looked like he's 44, and I hate I hate to say that because I mean I really want to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl with the Buccaneers to stick it to Bill Belichick. I don't like the Patriots, but but uh, he just has looked like he's 44. But and if that continues, that's going to be another reason that could hold that that, that could hold the Buccaneers back. No, absolutely, because yeah, he has not looked great for whatever reason. He threw two picks last week. The Buccaneers, I mean, the Saints got him two weeks ago before the bye. Yeah, they can't run the football, and I think that's one of the problems that's kind of wrong with Brady. Is again, they could they could um. Was age getting? Yeah, father. I mean, even for Tom Brady, and we thought beginning of the year, you know, it may not catch up to him. But father time is is undefeated, and the last two. I'm not saying it's caught up to him yet, but the last two weeks starting to catch up to him a little bit. Yeah, and you wonder if it's part of it because they can't run the football, as what you mentioned. If they they can't run the football, and you're kind of just you could you could drop back seven eight guys, and you know, and that's that hasn't helped them so far. Because yeah, he made a couple bad, poor decisions last week, which is not Brady like. But um, yeah, uh, Sandy, you know, you're not wrong. All that's just the first time his age is brought up. Yeah, it's and I, and, I, and I don't want to do this because I think Tom Brady is amazing. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. But the last two weeks, it's fair to question, is he starting to decline 
a little bit. And I don't want to say he's in full decline mode, but if he has another bad one this week, that's going to be the story. If he, it's not going to be the Giants pulling the upset. If he has a bad game against the Giants, it's going to his age is going to start to be a question. No, absolutely. And going back to the point that they can't run the football is again like you're throwing the ball. Let me. I'm looking right now. They've thrown the ball at, at least 34 times a game. Like last week was the least amount of attempts he's thrown all year was 34. He's thrown 40, 36, 42, 41, 43, 55, 36, and 50. That's a lot of attempts for a 44-year-old quarterback, 43, whatever he is. Like, yeah, you, you got to wonder if his arms are starting to wear down a little bit. Like, because, you know, it's got to be – if he's human, it's got to slow down a little bit. I mean, that, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of passes he's throwing because they can't run the football. And you made a good point. And then last year it was the same thing. When the Bucks could not run the ball, they they weren't successful. And that game and that game against the two games against the Saints, they weren't they weren't successful and they couldn't run the ball. That game against the Chiefs, they lost. They 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 couldn't run the ball. Uh, when they lost, yeah, when they lost games last season, it was really yeah, it was directly really because they they couldn't run the football. And and this team is obviously a better team and they run the football. So that's a really really good point you made. Another thing is Bruce Arians has got to stop calling out. It's not being so call, calling out his team publicly. I feel like he's got he's got to calm down on that because that happened at times last year. You know, Brady was able to you know get get the team together during the bye week and, and they were able to go on a run. But Arians, I feel he's got to stop calling his team out publicly. You know, he's got he's just got. I know it's who he is, but he's, I feel he's got to stop doing that. No, yeah, I know. Yeah, he called them dumb after the game on Sunday, which yeah, they played a dumb game. But yeah, I don't think it's the greatest thing in the world. He, he's been very vocal. Um, I don't think it's a, yeah, it's not the, it's not the greatest thing calling out your guys like that because it's not. Um, I see Sanders. I know who can run the ball. Secondary, we, pretty we, good. We'll get, to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that team, dude. Dude, we'll get to that team. We'll get to that team. We'll get to that team. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah, it's it's just they've struggled the last two weeks. But as we all know, with Tom Brady, you can never count them out, and I'm not counting them out right now. I am not counting Tom Brady out right now. I'm just question. I'm just questioning. It's fair to question the Bucks after the last two weeks because I thought last week against Washington they'd come out and have a really good performance. They did the opposite. They had a terrible performance. So it is fair to, to question. And they're still my Super Bowl pick. I'm not changing it, but it's fair to question the direction of where this team is going. No, absolutely, you do. And, and I wonder too because they have not played well on the road because these are the road games this year. The Rams they kind of laid an egg. Oh, they they didn't play well in New England. They didn't. No, no, they won that game. But they didn't play well. No, they didn't play well. That's what I said. They won. They won the Eagles that Thursday night. But yeah, I guess that one they because they were up two scores. The Eagles scored a one late, but like they weren't. They weren't great in that game either. Yeah. Yeah, like the Saints, they were horrible. And then the, the Washington last week, like they had not been great on the road. And last no, year they no. were great on the road. They won three games on the road to get to the Super Bowl last year. I know, I know. That, that is a little bit. That is a little bit of a diff, that. That's the difference of this team. They just, yeah, they have not been great on the road. But the good part for them this week is they are at home. And I think, as I said, I think it's going to be a close, competitive game. But I got, but I got to take Tom Brady in this game. I just cannot see, even though Tom Brady has has struggled the last couple of weeks, I just can't. I can't see him losing three in a row. No, I can't either. It does not happen very much in his career yet. And I, I think he bounces back. You know, he's ready to go on um, on Monday night. And I see Xander for the comment. Yeah, it was a big red flag caused to cause teams to, to look at the L's and all bounce back. Bucks had two bad luck. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, you criticize the Bucks and, and the team we're talking about next. You could give them credit for you know bouncing back. The Bucks didn't bounce back. I know they were on the road, but they didn't bounce back against a bad team. No, no, absolutely, they didn't. You know, coming off a bye too, like they kind of, 
you know, the defense was horrible. You know, the offense, they couldn't do anything offensively, you know, for the most part. Against a Washington secondary that's been horrible all year. And they lost Chase Young, too, in that second quarter. Like, they didn't have Chase Young most of the sweat either. Yeah, yeah, like most of their top guys were were out, and they still really they got twenty four points, but yeah, their defense couldn't make a stop. So, yeah, you know, come off a bye, you figured I I figured the Bucks were gonna play a lot better than they did, but yeah, I was very stunned the way they played Sunday. It'd be very very interesting to see what happens on Monday night. But we got to get to Xander's team. We got to get to the Cowboys. That's a big big game at Arrowhead Stadium between these two teams. And I think this is game. I think the Chiefs figured out who they need to be on offense. Run the ball, run you know crossing routes, uh, play play to take what the defense is giving them. They did that against the Raiders and they scored forty one points. And I feel like I feel like the Cowboys are even though they don't play a lot of zone coverage. I feel like they're going to do it this week. They're going to play those uh, give give the Chiefs that, that too high look like like every team has. And I feel I feel like that Mahomes is going to take advantage of. It. I think the, I think Clyde edwards Lair might be back. I think he has a big game on the ground. I feel like Mahomes has a big game getting the ball to Tyree Kill and, and Travis Kelsey. There won't be many punts in this game. I think this is going to be an up and down. This game is going to be up and down the field. I think the Cowboys are going to have success running the ball with with, with Ezekiel Elliott. I think Dak Prescott's going to have a couple touchdown passes. I think, I think it's going to come down to the end. I think the game's going to be tied coming down to the end. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have the ball in his hands, and he's going to get the drive. He's going to get the job done. He's going to he's going to lead the Chiefs to a game winning drive. I think the Chiefs win it on a game winning field goal. I got the Chiefs beating the Cowboys thirty to twenty seven. But Justin. Can Dak keep up with Mahomes and lead the Cowboys to their eighth win of the season? I think there's a chance, but I have the Chiefs 34 to 30. Um, and I do agree, you know, with Dan Conley. If Zeke can go over 100 yards and Pollard can have another 50, I think if the Dallas Cowboys can run the ball and keep Mahomes off the field long enough, because that's that's the recipe to beat the Chiefs too, you know, against their defense, keep Mahomes off the field. If they can do that, and yeah, Elliot can have a big day, even Tony Pollard, you know, mix in some carries as well, then yeah, I think Dallas does have a very, very good chance of beating this Kansas City team, this Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, yeah, like I think Dak's going to be able to to get everybody involved. Lamb, Don Schultz, you know, Elliott, you know, I, I think, you know, Cooper. Everybody's going to be involved, I think, in the Dallas passing attack this week because, you know, the Chiefs defense. They played a little – they played they played all right last week against the Raiders. You know, they, you know, they gave it that big play to Jackson. That probably should have been a touchdown, but he fumbled it. I don't know what direction he was going in. But for the most part, I thought the Chiefs did play a little bit better last week um, defensively. So, but again, like I, I think this is probably one of the better offenses they're going to face all year. Probably the, you know, one of the best offenses they face it so far. Oh, I think it'd be a tough test for them. Uh, but yeah, Hector, you know, the Chiefs have seen the rec- rediscover their mojo. I think they have. I think I agree with Hector there. They, ha- I think they have. They, they have. They have uh, re- rediscovered their mojo. I think last week was a huge win for them, and the way they looked last week was huge for that team. And it, and, it, and it puts them back into being back to being. I know they're not the favorite this year, but definitely puts them back to being Super Bowl contenders. I mean, in the NFL today, your defense doesn't need to be great. That defense definitely was not was far from great when they won a Super Bowl in in in, uh, in 2019. Your defense doesn't need to be great if if they're just if they're just if they're just just good enough off offensively they, they very easily 
could get. I mean, it's crazy to say, you know, seeing the way they played the uh, the, the uh, play we we're playing a couple of weeks ago, but they could get back to the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And looking at Sanders' comments, says if he goes over 100 yards, Dallas will will win. I wouldn't say will win, but I would have a, obviously a better chance of winning. Dallas 31-28. That's a good prediction. I could definitely see that happening. And he says. I trust Dallas' defense more than KC. Good point there. Good point there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dallas' defense, we've said it all year, has improved. Michael Parsons has been outstanding on that. I think he's the defensive rookie of the year. He's been outstanding. Trayvon Diggs, obviously, has has played has played well, too. And uh, I, I, I said, but the thing is, for me, I trust Patrick Mahomes a little bit more than I trust Dak Prescott. I think that's going to be the difference. And I think this game's going to be up and down the field. I just trust the better quarterback in this game more. That's why. But this game very, very easily can go either way. No, absolutely. I think it can. Um, you know, and I, I do agree with you. I think the Chief did find something out. And even um, Hector agree with him, I, both of you. Because, yeah, because I think the thing it was, too, it's like with these crossing routes that they were throwing last week, it's like Hill, you know, Hardman, like these guys are so quick. It's it's tough to bring them down in the open field. So you throw those five-yard kind of, you know, crossing routes or a slant route, and it still could go for 20, 25 yards because of the explosiveness that – those receivers have. So that's why I never really understood. And the other thing is too, so I was thinking about this too. Mahomes never really ran an actual offense at Texas. Oh, Texas. here we go. Here we go. You really trust true. the guy that leads the league in picks over a guy who doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, yes, he went through a little bit of a slump there, but I'm feeling like Mahomes is starting to get hot here. Okay. He's starting, he's starting to heat up a little bit. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll trust Patrick Mahomes. I'll trust, the, you know, a guy who's, a Super Bowl MVP and an NFL MVP. I, yes, I, I I will trust him. And, yes, I know he leads the league in picks, but he's still a better quarterback than Dak Prescott, okay? You, you know, he, he, yes, he leads the league in picks. But, you know, any, any quarterback would – would any, any any quarterback wouldn't mind 25 touchdowns and 10 picks. Any quarterback wouldn't mind having that be a down year for them. 25 touchdowns and 10 picks. If like my quarterback had a year like that, that would be a great year for like someone like Daniel Jones. I mean, yes, it's a down year for Patrick Mahomes, but in terms of, you know, the, the, comparing to other quarterbacks in the league, most quarterbacks would love to have a down year where they have 25 touchdowns and 10 picks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, I know he's kind of struggled, but like you can even see his look last week. Like he looked a lot more confident. Like he last few weeks, you kind of see his expression on his face. Like he, he was, it was bothering him. You can actually see he looked a lot better. And uh, Hector's comedy. Yeah, the Chiefs are three and three and three and against the NFC East, and they put and they put up some points against you know the Eagles and the and Washington Giant game. Mm-hmm. They really struggled. I think they were in a funk at that point in the season. But but yeah, I mean yeah, they, yeah the Chiefs very good point there. They've been very successful against the division. I think they I think they sweep it. I think they sweep the NFC East and win this week. Yeah, I do too. And I actually well, one of my point when Mahomes at Texas Tech too, like he didn't run an actual offense there either. Like it was the air raid type of stuff. Like it was a lot of this kind of stuff of deep routes and all that. Like so, like we really haven't seen him. Like he really hasn't ran an actual kind of like. And I guess with everything they have, they it's still not going to be like a. You know, it's a very creative. They're not going to probably take as many shots, and I don't think he's used to that because even I think he was taking a tough shot because that's what he's used to. I don't know what he ran in high school, but Texas Tech, that air rate's kind of a lot of deep shots and kind of – I guess at times it's a more of take what the defense gives you at times, but, you know, the way you have to play it, but it depends on how a defense plays it. And it's it's kind of what you're seeing now is kind of, okay, th- yeah, I think you kind of figured out that, yeah, it's kind of take what the defense gives you. And, and they have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball that they, they're still going to put up their, their points if it's not 30-yard bombs on the field. You know, they're, they're just too much explosive. So, yeah, I got the Chiefs at home win this game 34-30. 
Yeah, it should be a very interesting game on Sunday afternoon. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will be there. Uh, they'll have the call of that game, so it should, should, be, should be a great game on Sunday afternoon. But before we get to our best bets, we'll cater to our audience. Andrew wanted us to talk about this game, and as it is the other 4 o'clock game on Sunday as the Cardinals uh, head up to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And uh, I think this is a close competitive game. I don't know if Kyler Murray's going to play, but look at the NFC West. This is a competitive division. And Seattle, I know they looked terrible last week against the Packers, but they need this game. They need this game. And I just can't see a team being quarterbacked by Russell Wilson uh, being three and seven. I just, I just can't see it. I think this is a really, really close competitive game, but I think Wilson's thumb injury will start to heal a little bit. I think he'll play better this week. And I, and I do, and I do think, and Sanders says, I can't wait to see, see, see after my boys get the dub. Be interesting next week to see what happens. Uh, I'll, I'll be a lot more. I'll promise you this. And 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 you can hold me to it. I will be a lot more higher on the Cowboys. They can win this game in KC. I think they're playing KC. I think they're playing KC at the wrong time. And if they could beat KC this week, I will be higher on the Cowboys. I promise you that. I will. Prom- I promise you that. But yeah, in this game with the Cardinals and the Seahawks, I think it's close. It's competitive. But as you saw last week, the NFC West is competitive. The 49ers upset the Rams, and I think the same thing happens here because I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to play. Uh, he could be a little rusty because he's been out for you know two to three weeks. So I think this is a close, competitive game, but. I'm going to go with the home team here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks to save their to, to keep their playoff hopes alive. I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win this game, uh, 27 to 24. But Justin, can the Cardinals end the Seahawks' playoff hopes on Sunday? I think they do. If Kyle Murray's back, I have the Cardinals win this game, 27 21. If if Murray plays, and I believe DeAndre Hopkins should be back as well. Um, you know, and it's he's you know dangerous comment. I'll get to that. I think Pete Carroll should be on the hot seat. I think he should. I think he's wearing out his welcome in Seattle. And Keys the City talked about this yesterday. Should the Seahawks start to rebuild? I feel like it should. And it won't be the end for I think they, the Seahawks. The organization might end up trading Russell Wilson. He might want out. And I think it should be the end for Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll's had a great. He's done a great job in Seattle. His twelve years there. You know, winning a Super Bowl, winning a bunch of division titles. But I think it's over. I think it's the if Seattle missed the playoffs this year, I think it's definitely over for Pete Carroll. Yeah, I think it would be too. I think yeah, it's been he's been there for a decade at least, and over a decade. So yeah, I, I think it would. Um, I know the division tough. I know you've been Wild Wilson, but like even they finished last year very poorly. They they didn't finish strong last year. They came in this year. I know it hurt when they lost Wilson, but like they weren't they weren't playing great when Wilson was healthy. You know, to start the year, you know, I know you got hurt. They were. Two and two going into that Thursday night game against the Rams. They probably would have lost any. They probably would have lost that game yeah, anyways, yeah. even if it stayed in that game. Yeah, because they were down by two scores when he went out um, in that game. So yeah, they would have been two and three. I'm um, like the defense has played a lot better since he's gotten out. Like I, I like the way the defense has improved. But yeah, I, I think they would have to let him go. I think it'd be time to rebuild, especially how tough that division is right now. You know, who knows what kind of goes on with Russell Wilson if. Maybe, you know, maybe it comes down to it. If Pete Carroll's gone, maybe he's more inclined to say in Seattle. I don't know what their relationship is. But, he, you know, I think that would be a factor of what Russell Wilson wants. But, yeah, I, I think they don't make the playoffs and things continue to go sideways like they are. I'd be shocked to see them on the sidelines next year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But we got to get to our best bets this week. And uh, mine are uh, – my first one is is the Dolphins minus three over the Jets. I think the Jets are, are a disaster right now. You hear Rex Ryan calling out Robert Sala. I think the defense has been an absolute mess. I know the Dolphins' offense has struggled. But I mean, they looked a little bit better last week. Tua looked better coming into the game in the second half. And I think he does the same thing this week. And I think, I think their defense – the Dolphins' defense has played a little bit better 
this all oh, the last couple of weeks. It the, I think the more the problem is I don't think it's the scheme. I think it's just the talent on the defense. I don't think that they're I think they overachieved last year defensively. They forced a lot of turnovers, but I do think this week they'll force a couple turnovers from the Jets. I think Tua manages the game, doesn't turn the ball over, and that's why I got them covering minus I got the Dolphins covering minus three at the Jets. My second game. Uh, Saints uh, plus plus a point and a half against against the Eagles. I don't know if Alvin Kamara is going to play, but I think the Saints defense shuts down this Eagles identity. The last couple of weeks has been their running game. I think the Saints defense shuts down this shuts down this Eagles running game uh, completely because their Saints are really really good against the run. And I think they forced Jalen Hurts to make some mistakes. And I, 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 I I'll take a Sean Payton team getting points over a team coached by Nick Sirianni. You know, that's why I'll, Sean Payton on the road against Nick Sirianni, I'm definitely taking those points. That's why I got the Saints plus, plus a point and a half. And then the last game, Chargers uh, uh, minus four and a half against Steelers. I don't get why the Steelers aren't starting Dwayne Haskins. Come on now. You're telling me that, uh, you know, you're telling me that Mason Rudolph has more upside than Dwayne. I know Dwayne Haskins has struggled in this league, but give the guy a, give the guy a chance. Uh, give, give Haskins a chance this week against the Chargers. I, I, th- I, think, I think he should be – I think Dwayne Haskins should be starting against the Chargers this week. And, and I think the Chargers bounce back. I think I think they bounce back and have, and have a really good week. Uh, Justin Herbert has a big week against, uh, I think, Micah Fitzpatrick and, uh, and T.J. Watt are out. So I think Justin Herbert has a good week against against the Chargers. Against, I mean, against Steelers. Justin, your best bets. Mine this week, I do have Phil. I'm going opposite of you, the Saints. This line just, to me, just seems too easy. And I Hector's comment, the Eagles are hopeless at home this year. They, they have, and... It's very rare to see the Eagles play as bad as they have at home this year. They got to get one of these. I know they have not thrown the ball well, but I think Jalen Hurts could make some plays in the air this week against the Saints second day. That's not great. They're not going to be able to run the football. Uh, Maybe it could open things up. They get something going in the passing game. But I'll take the Eagles this week. I thought their defense played well last week in December, forced a turnover, um, forced a couple. You know, I, I thought they played really well on the road last week. I'll take my home, and that line just seemed too easy to me. Like the Saints getting points here, I, it just kind of felt too easy. And I'm gonna go with the other side here. I, I the Eagles got to win one of these home games, and then my second one, I got the Colts going to um, playing Buffalo on the road. Is, it, is, is, is is that a pick? You know, just because you want you want the Bills to lose? No, absolutely no. No, I I, I still don't. I don't know. I don't know if this Bill team is completely fixed. All they did last week, throw the ball to Stephon Dix. Like I don't know if they're. The Jets defense is so bad. I think a college, a college team or a high school team could probably put up points on the Jets defense right now. So I don't know if they're completely fake. The Colts have been in every game two this year for the most part. I think they keep this thing close. Yeah, I think Carson Wentz probably makes a turnover to and cost them the game. But I'll take the Colts to keep this thing close. I, I still don't really believe the Bills are fully back to what they were like a month ago. And then I'll take your Giants on the road. I, I, you know, I think they keep it close. They're coming off 15 days off here. I think Joe Judge has them fired up, ready to go. They're going to get healthy. I think the Giants are going to move the ball against the Bucs. I, I really do. I think Dana Jones takes what the defense gives them. You know, I think Galladay and Tony can make some plays, some big plays in this game. And I think their defense keeps them in it enough that I'll take the Giants getting 11 points on the road Monday night. Let's get to the slate of games. We're going to start in Chicago, where Lamar Jackson takes the six and three Ravens to Chicago to face the three and six Bears, who are coming off a bye week. Uh, and the last two weeks, Justin Fields has played really well. That's why I think this game is really close and really competitive. But I think the but I think the difference is I think I'm, I'm going to take the more experienced quarterback and the more experienced coach. I think Lamar Jackson might make a mistake or two, but he's going to make some plays against this Bears defense. I do think Justin Fields makes some plays too, but I think he makes a mistake against the Ravens. I think this is a close competitive game. But I'm going to take the better coach and the better quarterback, 
And I got the Ravens getting a win in Chicago, 23-20 over the Bears. But, Justin, can the Bears defense give can the Bears defense contain Lamar? And can Justin Fields make enough plays for the Bears to snap their four-game losing streak? I think they keep it interesting. I think the Bears defense does keep them in, into it. Um, you know, they're going to blitz after Lamar. And you saw last week he really struggled against the blitz. Usually he's, you know, he could do enough with, you know, against the blitz. But last week really, really struggled. I think the Bears get after him, keep this thing close. Um, you know, can – can Lamar make some plays in the air? And I think he can against his defense. I think they, I think the Bears slow them down enough to keep their offense into it. If they can make, you know, if they can force a couple turnovers, you know, short field from the offense, then I definitely think they win this game at home. But for Justin Fields, I think it'd be a tough day because the Ravens love to bring pressure. I think they do that against Justin Fields and this Bears offense. And I think that forces a few turnovers in this game. You know, the Ravens' weakness is the passing game on defense side of the ball, and the Bears cannot throw the ball. You know, Justin Fields has played better. He just doesn't have any time. The poor guy just he, – he's got no time to throw the football. Um, you know, against that blitz, can they throw – you know, scheme up some stuff for short – some short passing games, try to get something going, um, then I think they have a chance to win this game. But I just don't see um, the Ravens have enough time – or the – Browns just or the Bears, I mean, I don't see Justin Fields having a lot of time being able to do enough with this game. And I see the Ravens go out on the road and win this one. We got an, an NFC North matchup in in Minnesota as the Packers head to Minnesota to face the uh to face the Vikings. But in this game, I do feel like the Vikings are gonna stay in it because they've been in every game this year. I think the Vikings stay in this game. I think Kirk Cousins plays wet plays well. But as Kirk, what happens with Kirk Cousins, he plays well against good teams, but not well enough to win. I think there'll be a turnover there. I think they'll throw a couple of touchdown passes, but there'll be a turnover there. I do feel like the Packers, even though they won't have Aaron Jones, be able to move the ball with A.J. Dillon. I feel like uh, Aaron Rodgers will have a pretty good game, too. I think it's close and competitive right, right up until the end. But in these close games against good teams, I can't take the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going with the Packers 27-24. to 24, But can – Cousins keep up with Rodgers for the Vikings to extend their winning streak to two. I've got the Vikings win this game 27-24. I, I think for the Packers, I've been playing really, really well. Their defense has been phenomenal so far. But I think this could be kind of one of those spots here for the Vikings. They played well. And they've really – the Packers have, and has really have really – in the last three games, I've really struggled to bring down Dalvin Cook. He's averaged four yards a carry, six touchdowns. And in the last game, he had 163 rushing yards. I know that they've been better, but the Packers are so banged up defensively. I think Minnesota does enough this week. And I think um, Dalvin Cook does enough on the ground. And Kirk Cousins makes enough plays, keeps the team into it, in it. And I think they do enough to win this game. I think Cook's going to be the difference maker on the ground. And I think the Packers struggle to slow him down once again, like they have the last few meetings. I'll take the Vikings at home 24, 27-24, and I don't know why I keep picking them, but, you know. I you love picking the week. Vikings. But, but it worked out last week when you pick, picking the Vikings. Yeah, it's it worked a out last it worked week out. they beat the Chargers, yeah. Yeah, they worked so, out two yeah. weeks ago, but it did last yeah, it worked, week. It worked out last week for you. But we got an NFC matchup in Philadelphia. I know this is our best bets. We I have the Saints because I just like think the defense is going to contain Jalen Hurts. You have the Eagles. You just don't trust the Saints. You just don't trust the Saints right now uh, on the road. But I think this will be an interesting game. But I got the Saints. This was one of your best bets uh, taking the Eagles. Why was this one of your best bets? Yeah, the Eagles. Um, yeah, right now 
like they had Trevor Simeon and, and you know, Tatum Hill play last week. And they're not much better than, you know, their Teddy Bridgewater's a little bit better than them. I thought their defense really, really played well. They forced a couple turnovers in that game, you know. And Devontae Smith has really gotten involved too. And I know he may show this week just because it, you know, the Saints are, are not, and I, I mean, I could see him getting involved this week because the Saints have really shown the passing in the secondary. So I, I could see Smith making a couple of big plays for Jalen Hurts in this game. Uh, yeah, actually, you right. yeah, Philly's just been so bad at home too. Yeah, yeah. Philly's been terrible at home. Has been ter- Even though they've played good teams, they just haven't been – they haven't been good at mm-hmm. home. They lost the 49 – the Niners aren't that great of a team. They lost the Niners. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the uh, – they, they lost to the uh, – Bucks. They've lost. They've lost a lot of good teams. They just haven't. Yeah, but they haven't been good at home. I mean, if they would have beaten the Niners, you could make the excuse, "Oh, they've lost to a bunch of good teams at home." But that lost the Niners, even that lost to the Chargers, the way they've been playing. That kind of, and even the Chiefs, that kind of, you know, messes up that excuse. But so yeah, so yeah, they just haven't played well at home this year. Yeah, they have, and it's rare. Like it, the Eagles seem like they're usually a really good team at home. I can't see him playing, continue to play this bad at home. I think Devontae Smith makes is a difference maker this week. I think he makes a couple of plays in the passing game. And I, I, the Eagles got to win one of these at home, and I think it's this week against the Saints. I thought maybe they did find find something last week, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna take because the Saints really couldn't do much last week. Um, getting the Titans, even though Titan defense was playing better, I'll take the Eagles this week to take at home 2017. We got an AFC matchup in Buffalo as a coach try to get revenge on what happened in the playoffs last year against the Bills. But but I I think I think that Buffalo I think that Josh Allen has a good game in the passing game and I do think what the the Bills defense contains uh, Jonathan Taylor forces Wentz to make a mistake and that's why I got Buffalo going to seven three seven and three and I got him winning it by double digits but Justin this was one of your best bets that the Colts w- would cover do you think the Colts could get revenge and beat the Bills uh, this week I don't think Carson Wentz is gonna outduel Josh Allen here but I don't but like I wouldn't be shocked though because. The Bills, again, like I know the Bills scored 45 points, but they did nothing at Jacksonville. And I feel like they didn't have enough rushing yards last week to say, no. oh, their running game is back. No, they didn't either. Um, like it was, I think they, I think it was like two, I forgot how many yards they averaged on the ground, but it wasn't great. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think the Colts can do enough. I don't think Carson Wentz is going to outduel Josh Allen. Like if they get into a game where it's like, you know, seven, 20 to 17, something around the low 20s, high teens. I think the Colts could win this game. I don't think that's going to be the case. The Colts have given up some big plays this year, and I think that's going to be the difference. I think, you know, Diggs makes a big play um, in the passing game, and I think Allen plays well enough. I think the Colts keep this thing close. I don't, you know, once isn't going to outdo them. I think they can get somewhat of a running game going. If they could keep Josh Allen off the field, then I think Colts have a good chance. I just don't see that happening, though, in Buffalo. I'll take the Bills to survive 27-23. Uh, AFC East matchup in uh, at the Meadowlands up at MetLife Stadium as the Dolphins face the Jets. This is one of my best bets. I don't think the game will be as big of a blowout last week, but I think the Dolphins win it by two scores. I think the Jets are absolutely terrible. I think the roster is absolutely terrible. I don't think it's all on Robert Sala. I know Rex Ryan criticized him this week. This isn't all on Robert Sala. I think – you know, a big reason why they won those two games is because of Robert Saul. I mean, I mean, you can win two games, two close, two, have two close wins like that. I, I, I don't think Robert. I don't think it's fair to judge Robert Sala right now in his first year. I think the roster is absolutely terrible. That's why I think the Dolphins go into MetLife Stadium and win this game. 
by double digits. But can the Jets uh, contain Tua and upset the Dolphins and get their third win? It's going to be very tough. I have the Dolphins win this game 24-17. to 17. Um, The Jets' defense, they're, just, they're giving up. It's now four straight, three or four straight weeks now. They've given up more than 40 points a game. I think it's up to their last five. They're giving up like 45 points a game. It's been horrendous. Yeah, Joe Flacco. We're going to see Joe Flacco at least yeah, one more Joe time. Joe Flacco, yeah. He's, a, he's, he's definitely out of his prime. His best days are yeah. definitely behind him. But, yeah, we're going to see yeah. Flacco one more time, yeah. Didn't think we'd see it because when he was with the Eagles. But once they signed him with the Jets. And funny how there's all this Mike White talk, you know, last week. That all went away with an absolutely terrible performance against against yeah. the uh, against the Bills. And this is the one mistake, you know, Robert Sala said. I mean, if, if, you're, if your organization is going to take Zach Wilson number two overall, you got to be committed to that guy. He's got to be still be your quarterback. You know, after one good game, they think Mike White's the guy. And then he's absolutely terrible the next week. Typical Jets there. Yeah, absolutely. I don't blame the Jets because they haven't had anything great in a decade, and they finally found something on Mike White. So, like, I can't blame Jets fans because they actually found something for a week in Mike White. Like, they they haven't really been able to celebrate anything the last decade. They finally found something, and then, yeah, that that disappeared very, very quickly. But I think that was a good, you know, for the demise of Mike White, I think it was a good thing because now – because you don't want Zach Wilson next time he steps on the field and they're chanting Mike White and booing Zach Wilson off the field. That's the last thing you want. So I think the Jets as an organization are, ups, you know, kind of a sigh of relief a bit here of, okay, you know, when Zach, you know, when whenever Wilson plays again, you know, he, he's our best option still and not Mike White. But, yeah, I had the Dolphins 24-17. And then, actually, I wanted to comment on the Rex stuff. I thought – I don't know how Rex is comparing his first year to Robert Solid because now yeah. that offensive line had three Pro Bowls. He had yeah, Braylon Edwards. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Look at the talent. Yeah, look at the talent on that Jet team. I mean, you had, yeah, yeah, Nick Mangold, DeBrickashaw Ferguson, Alan Fanica year one. You, obviously, you had a Darrell Revis, Bart uh, Bart Scott, uh, Braylon Edwards. I mean. Yeah, Chris Jenkins, Calvin Pace. If you look at that yeah, defense, is one of the top defenses in the league. And I mean, and obviously, the team got to the AFC Championship game. I think Rex obviously was a better coach than people thought, but he, he was no, by no means a great coach in the league. And that, that Jet team is much more talented than this Jet team. And year two, they had even more talent too. But one, and then once the talent fell off, Rex started not not to win games. So yeah, I, I don't know why you know Rex Ryan wants to rip Robert Sala after year one. I mean, I think that may, I don't think that may, I, I know I think that. I think there's some bit, obviously, some bitterness between Rex and the Jets. I think it's definitely personal for him to criticize a coach that's a terrible roster in year one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I heard, but I heard there was a Sports Illustrated article, and somebody was comparing Robert Sala to the next like Rex Ryan, and I think that probably set him off. Yeah, it, yeah. But, like, it, but it's like you, Robert Sala's not the one that wrote it. Like it's not. I know. Yeah, that's why. I, yeah, yeah I, I, I can't stand Rex Ryan. I've never liked him, but you know that that's Rex for you. Exactly. Makes good TV. I've never seen another coach criticize a coach like that, though. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Rex, Rex is not afraid to tell you what he thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, but we got to move on to a matchup in Jacksonville as the Niners travel down to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. And I think the Jaguars will give them a little bit of a game because I think the defense played a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Josh Allen is – not the Josh Allen with the Bills, but Josh Allen with the Jaguars. He's really, really stepped up the last couple of weeks getting pressure on the quarterback. I think he's going to do the same. With, with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I just think the running game of San Francisco is going to be the difference. I think they're going to be able to control the clock, run the ball, maybe force a turnover, for, a turnover by Trevor Lawrence. And that's why I got the Niners going to 5-5. Five and five. I got them beating the Jags 26 
2-17. But, Justin, can the Jags D continue to play well and pull the upset? I think it's possible, yeah. Josh Allen the last few weeks has been a game wrecker. Um, they got to continue. He's got to continue to be that this week. But the Niners coming off east. It's an East Coast game. There, yeah. Obviously, they're from Jacksonville. They've played Monday night. You blew out the Rams like a little. Could be a little sleepwalking here for the Niners. I think early on. I think they find a way to win. But um, Debo Samuel, I, I could definitely see him. I could see it. Oh yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Oh, I could see it definitely against against the secondary. I definitely could see Debo having a big week. Yeah, absolutely. So. I, you know, would not shot me there if you make some big plays. But, yeah, I think the Jacks keep this thing interesting. They're not good enough yet. But the Niners have been a better team on the road than they have at home. But I think Jacks keep it interesting. They've been playing hard, especially defensively. The offense are still trying to figure things out. But they had the ball midfield last week with a chance to go and um, win the game or at least tie because they are down six. So, uh, you know, they, they played hard. They're going to think play hard this week. But I think the Niners are a little bit too much for them. We got an AFC, an AFC South matchup in Tennessee as the Texans travel to Tennessee to face the Titans. And I think this is – I know the Titans don't have Derrick Henry, but I just think this game is going to be a complete blow because I think Houston's absolutely terrible. Even their offense is, is even bad with Tyrod Taylor. I think he's going to struggle. He's going to throw a couple picks. I mean, the defense might keep him in it early, but eventually Tennessee's going to pull away. That's why I got Tennessee winning 27-6. to In the rundown, I saw your score prediction on this game, and I was a little bit surprised. Why, why, why do you have Houston giving Tennessee a game? Because, again, Tennessee cannot – so they've gone through a gauntlet of playing the last, what, five, six games of playing all playoff teams. Now you're at home against Houston. That's just that – just, and they're playing New England next Sunday. So they just kind of feels like a trap game. Look, I know Tyrod Taylor's last outing in Miami was horrific, but the first two weeks before he got hurt against Cleveland, that offense was doing something. That offense actually looked decent. I, I'm i banking on Tyrod Taylor playing a decent game and keeping his team into it. I just, again, can, it, can Tennessee's defense continue to play like the way they have? Like, they're all I, 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 I think they could. I think Jeffrey Simmons has turned into a stud. He's been, he's been yeah. playing outstanding. Harold Landry has played well all year. Kevin Byron's played really well. I, I think this is this defense is this defense is, is definitely improved from last year. I think a big reason has been because of their pass rush. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, Simmons has been great. They've, yeah, they've, They've got already 20, 27 on the year, which is dead. I think they only had what, like 18 or 19 last year? 18 or 19 last year. I mean, the sacks aren't everything, but still, yeah, I think they're yeah. much better getting to the quarterback. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have been. But it's just their offense, though, because their offense last week had um, only two, uh, 264 yards. And I think but, that, week, but, but listen, that, that, that's against a really good defense. And New Orleans has a, a pretty good day. They have a much better defense than Houston. No, they have, and I know the Rams do it as well. I Again, I just see this kind of being like a little bit of a sleepwalking game. Titans aren't really ready to go, and Houston's fired up the vision game, coming off a bye. I think Houston keeps this thing close. I just – again, with this year two in the NFL, you just never know, and it kind of just seems like one of these games where it's like we kind of think we figured out the Titans, but then they lose to Houston. Like I, I could just see something like that happening on Sunday. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see there. But we have a reunion game in uh, in in Carolina as Ron Rivera faces his former team. He had he, he did play him last year in Washington, but he faces his former team and, and, and he go heads back to Carolina to face his former team. And who would have thought a couple of weeks ago he'd be facing his former quarterback? And that's what he's going to be doing this week as the Washington Football Team heads to Carolina to face the, the Panthers. And I think this is a close, competitive game. 
I think Washington will contain Christian McCaffrey. I think it's a low-scoring game. But when you look at it, you look at, you know, camp. I think the, I'm going to take the team that has the better defense, and I'm going to take the team that has the better personnel on offense. Cam Newton might struggle a little bit in this start, but I'm going to take the team that, that, that has the better personnel, but the, the better roster. And that's why in a close one, I'm going to take the Panthers 20-17 to 17 over the Washington football team. But, Justin, can Rivera help Washington get their second straight win in his return to Carolina? I think they do. I got him 23 to 20. Again, I I need to see Cam Newton throw a football. Like I, I you and saw as a him Patriot last fan, you saw you watched him all year last year, and you watched him struggle all year last year. Yeah, so I don't know how great he's going to be. Yeah, it's great he's back in Carolina, and you know he's getting another shot here with the Panthers, and kind of you know. But I just I can't. The Washington secondary is bad. They played better last week. I know there's no Chase Young this week, or um, you know, Sweat may not go either. But I think this watch. I think Ron Rivera has a schemes up a very nice game plan to shut down Cam Newton enough, makes it difficult. I think Newton throws an interception or two. Um, yeah, I know that yeah, Chase Young. Yeah, he's done on unfortunately. Um, yeah, he's, he's done I, I, Chase Young is done for the season. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see the Panthers winning this game. would not shock me. But I'll take Taylor Heineke to make enough plays right now over Cam. Cam can do well. He can do a lot in the running game. I just cannot trust his arm. I can't I, – I just can't right now. I, I need to see more from him. Um, and I'm going to take Washington. I think Ron Rivera does scheme up nice defense game plan here. Slows them down. Limits McCaffrey. And they figure out a way to win this game because I think I think Cam could benefit of throwing ten screen passes to McCaffrey like he did a ton last year, but I, I think Washington finds a way to shut that down enough and, and wins this game. Yeah, and I mean he can't play last week. He got a couple touchdowns, but they were all at the goal line. This will be the big test this week to see uh, what he what he has. This is going to be the true test this week to see what he has against Washington. Yeah, no, absolutely. We didn't. Yeah, you know, they kind of ran like the wildcat package for him at the red zone or at the goal line. Yeah, he scored a couple of touchdowns, but yeah, we didn't really see him throw a football. This will be good. Well, and I, I don't, I can't expect him to be much better than he was last year. Maybe he comes out fresh, but I, I, I just, I can't. I don't know, and I can't really trust him right now. The winless Lions try to get their first win against a team that has had their quarterback get criticized a ton this week in the Cleveland Browns. This is a, this is going to be uh, – this is a game, though, if the Browns want any hope making the playoffs, they got to win this game. If the Brown if Baker Mayfield loses this game, he, sh- he should – there's no way the Browns sh- should keep him after, the, after this year. There's no way. But I just feel like even if Nick Chubb doesn't play, I think I think Ernest Johnson is going to have a big day on the ground. I think the Lions blew another huge opportunity to get their first win last week. I don't think Jared Goff's 100%. I think that Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clary are going to get pressure on him. I feel like they're going to contain the running game. And I got Cleveland winning this. I got Cleveland winning by a couple scores. I got the Browns beating the Lions 27-10. But, Justin, can Dan Campbell finally get his first win as a head coach? I think they play hard. You know, again, I Cleveland should not be a double-digit point favorite against anybody at this point because, uh, you know, Baker's been banged up. Yeah, they may not have Nick Chubb either in this game. But I think they I think they play hard this week. I think they keep it close. Yeah, they may not be able to do a lot offensively, but I think Detroit does enough to kind of slow down that running game. Um, can they get some pressure on Baker? I think they possibly could. I'll take them to keep this game close. I, you know, I just – I really like this – 
Kevin Stefanski up to last weekend. I thought his game plan oh, was cool last week. I, I, I did. I liked him up until last weekend. That's 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 that's, 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 that's a great that's a great that's a great that's a great comment right there. I, I really I liked him up until last weekend because last weekend he I I definitely I definitely hated his game plan. Hated it. They ran the ball so well, and then they started forcing Baker to beat them. It yeah. made no sense. And then Miles Garrett was critical publicly of the game plan of them not making any adjustments on defense. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I I was a big fan of, of, of what Stefanski was doing. You know, I thought it might have been, I thought it was going to be addition by subtraction, get rid of Odell, and they just were absolutely terrible last week. And they were, and Stefanski was completely outcoached by Bill Belichick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he that game was seven seven. He was, and he was, you know, um, he was, or and he 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 was making it like it was like twenty one seven or twenty one to seven New England. Like that that's the way it, when it was tied at seven. I just I didn't get it. It was seventy yards on the first in the first drive. Seventy yards they had. They never did it again. I don't they all, they all, they all thought themselves. They were thinking, you know, oh maybe they expect it now, so we should do something different. No, you're having success with something. Continue to do it. Your offensive line is built to run block. You paid your two guards that week so you could be good, so so you could do what you do. Your identity is running the football. Stick to your identity. And I think they this is kind of a nice get right game where they can get back to doing that this week. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. I think they can. I just don't trust them right now. I'll take Dan Campbell to bring bring his team to Cleveland and then they play hard this week and they keep them interest. They keep them in the game and have a chance to win. I know, yeah, golf, I I'm with you. I don't think he's one hundred percent healthy. But I, I think they play well. I didn't like the de- defense played last week either. It wasn't great, but I'll take them to keep it close. I can't I can't really bet on Cleveland being a double digit favorite right now. We'll go to uh, we talked about the two other four o'clock games. We'll go to the last four o'clock game, and that's between the Bengals and Raiders, two playoff hopefuls in the AFC. Two teams you're not liking right now. Zach Taylor's team is on a two game losing streak. The Raiders are on a two game losing streak. And I think this is a close competitive game. But I'm going to go with the team with with more talent, and I think the Bengals are the team right now with more talent. I think their defense is better. I think they'll contain the run game. I think they'll force Carr to be one dimensional. I feel like Mixon's going to have a good day on the ground against the Raiders' defense. I think Burrow's going to be the quarterback that makes less more plays and less mistakes in this game, and that's why I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm going to go with the Bengals to go to six and four and beat the Raiders, uh, thirty-one to twenty-four. But Justin, can Derek Carr outduel Joe Burrow for the Raiders to snap their two-game losing streak? I don't think so. I had the Bengals on the road 2024. 20, I just I think everything that's happened with the Raiders this year, I think it's just taking their toll. And I don't think they're going to be able to bounce back from this. Uh, unfortunate because they got out to fast start. But that's been the Raiders too the last few years. They've gotten out to fast starts. Last year they were six and two. They finished seven and nine. You know, like this year started five and two. Looks like, you know, they may only get six, and, seven wins. And, 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 like you could say John, and you could say John Gruden is gone. But Rich Basaccia has been with John Gruden for years. He was with them the seven years he was in, in Tampa. He was on that staff. And, 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 and the last four years in Oakland, he's been on that staff. So he's been, I mean, my bad, Las Vegas and Oakland, he's been on that staff. So he's been with Gruden for years. So I think it's kind of, at times, it's kind of that same culture there. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think with the play on the field, yeah, with the stuff Gruden said is 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 un uh, is is uncondonable. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, Gruden suing the I will get to that. We'll, we'll get to that later. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, Gruden Xander's comment about Gruden. We'll get to Xander's first comment uh, next. But yeah, Gruden suing the NFL. Yeah, yeah. That, that, we can get to, we'll get to that later. But yeah, the Raiders are just not playing good football. That's the point. Derek Carr is trying to carry a, a terrible a terrible franchise, and I don't just don't think it's going to happen. That's why I got that's why I got the Bengals winning. Yeah, me too. Um, I see. Yeah, you know, 
Um, I do too. Like, yeah, they can't run the football. Like last year, they were great at that, and they can't run. They again, I don't, I still don't understand why Gruden destroyed that off of the line like he did. I, I still don't get it. And they're off in the line had not been good. Leatherwood at least twice a game gets a false start penalty or a holding or, or something goes bad with them. Uh, I, I can't trust the Raiders either right now. I, I can't. I see his comment. The other, you know, who who you got coming out of the AFC North? I, it's got to be the Ravens. And I know they're so banged up, but I, it's got to be the Ravens. The only team I really somewhat trust right now out of that division. Oh yeah, I, I think it's the Ravens for for the simple reason: coach and quarterback. They, I mean, they 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 arguably have the best coach, and they clearly have the best quarterback in the division. So that's why I'm taking the Ravens. I mean, the the the, the Steelers to me. I think they're a big Ben, his best days, I feel like, are behind him. I, and, and on defense, I feel like, you know, I, we don't know the severity of T.J. Watts. And I know it's not as bad as they thought, but we don't know how many weeks T.J. Watts going to be out. And you saw early in the season, that's a completely different defense without T.J. Watts. You saw in the Raider game, you saw in the Bengal game, that's a completely different defense. They don't have T.J. Watt in the field. He's a top two edge rusher with Miles Garrett. The Browns, I just, I just don't think they're good enough. To pa- their passing game is good enough. I don't think they're good enough at quarterback right now with Baker Mayfield. I think that 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 that, that that's an issue. And their defense is feast or famine. They'll have their games against the Bears. They'll have their games against the the, the bad team, the Bears, the the the, the, the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are a bad team, but they'll have their games where they give up like six or seven points. But then they'll have their games where they give up over forty points against the Patriots and against the Chargers. So their defense is too feast or famine for me with, with the Browns. And their quarterback is too inconsistent. And then the Bengals. I'm sorry that team is just poor. It's just poorly coached. I don't trust Zach Taylor. To, to, I, I think Joe Burrow's a good player. I think their defense is Joe Burrow's good. I think their defense is improved. I really like Jamar Chase. I just don't trust the head coach at all. I don't trust the head coach at all. I think it was a reason they lost the Jets. That team was flat out unprepared to play the Jets. I think that was a big that, that shows you why Zach Taylor is 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 not a good head coach. And if that team doesn't make the playoffs, he needs to be fired. I just don't trust Zach Taylor. So for the simple reason of coaching quarterback, that's why I'm taking the Ravens to come out to come out of the uh, AFC North. Yeah, no, I agree. I it's got to be the Ravens, coaching wise, quarterback wise. They've had so many injuries, but yeah, like they're the only team right now you can trust the ban- or the Steelers. I like to, I like Tomlin, but Big Ben, I think, yeah, his best day is behind him. that defense too. Now, now that I know we're about to get to it with that game, but then now they won't probably won't have Mika Fitzpatrick in the back end Sunday. You probably will be back for their next game, but I guess maybe he won't, and that that could hurt, especially you don't have why, and then you have your best guy in the secondary that's out as well. I think that's just a tough task to, um, you know, right now to ride that ship. They still can't run the football. They're even keep them in games, but I don't know how, you know, but I don't know how long you can kind of bank on that, you know, because they've kind of been some injuries. Yeah, the Browns, I, I can't trust. We kind of got into them. They can't throw the football. Baker's average at best like he'll, he'll play well when they can run the ball 35 times and he could throw the ball 17 times and he completes like 14 of them that's when they're at their best i can't and yeah the defense they show up one week and then the next week it's just it's pathetic and you know maybe garrett's got a point it's game planning because they did not do much and bill and, and mcdaniel just absolutely did the same thing over and over and they had no answers and then, yeah, the Bengals, I just can't trust their coaching staff. Yeah, they have some talent. They're better than I thought they would be, but I can't trust it. Until they get an actual NFL coach, I can't trust them to win this division. And Xander made a comment. Both these teams play in the toughest divisions in football right now. I'd agree with the uh, with the AFC North because of how competitive all, all four teams are. I mean, the Bengals, they got a good quarterback. The Browns have a 
a good, a pretty good roster. Obviously, the Steelers are one of the best organizations in football, and I have a top coach in Mike Tomlin, and the Ravens have one of the best coaches and quarterbacks in football. So I'd agree with the AFC North. I wouldn't agree as much with the AFC West. I feel like Denver's going to really fall off in the second half. I could see Oakland falling off. That, that eventually, by the end of the year, might end up being a two-team division. I think the NFC West is better. Is gonna, you're going to see that by the end of the year, the NFC West be better than the AFC West because I feel, I feel like Seattle, yes, they've struggled at three and six, but if Russell Wilson was healthy, they could have won the Pittsburgh game. They could have won the New Orleans game. Uh, the 49ers, I feel like, are still a decent team. They're not, as you saw, I saw, you know, on Monday night against the Rams, and obviously the Rams and Cardinals are two of the two of the best teams in the NFC. So I, I would, t- I, I would take the AFC North and the NFC West to be the, I'd say the AFC North and the NFC West to be the two best divisions. Then I'd have the, uh, then I'd have the AFC West. Yeah, I completely agree. The AFC North, that thing's a gauntlet. Yeah, I think the AFC West, it got out to a really hot start. But, yeah, I think the last few weeks, everybody's kind of trailed off. I still don't know what the Chargers really are. Like, they've struggled the last couple of weeks as well. And it looks like this is going to be the Chiefs division again. It wouldn't shock me if they win this thing by, like, a game or two. That division. But, yeah, the NFC West. Yeah, like, I think Seattle, it's such a dangerous 3-6 and six team. And it's a team that they may only have six or seven wins all year. But that's going to be – that's a dangerous team, though, that have – some talent, especially when it's Russell Wilson. And, yeah, like the Niners are going to be 5-5 five and five if they beat Jacksonville this week, and they're right back in the playoff haunt. Yeah, they may not be great, but that's a tough team to play against week in, week out, especially if their defense comes to play um, like it did last week against the Rams. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we got one more game in, uh, in week uh, in, in week uh, in week 11, and that is the Steelers heading – down to outing out to LA to face the Chargers, and I think this is a game that the Chargers the Chargers win. This is a game the Chargers need to win with with Mason Rudolph starting with the potential that with, without with the Steelers without Micah Fitzpatrick without TJ Watt. I think this is a game that the uh, the Chargers got to win, and I think they win it. I think they I think they do win the game. I think uh, I think Justin Herbert has a good game where he doesn't turn the ball over. I think uh, the Chargers defense forces Rudolph to make mistakes, and I got the Chargers winning on Sunday night, twenty four to thirteen. But, Justin, can the Steelers bounce back and get the upset win over the Chargers? I don't think so. I got 27 to 17. I changed my score a bit. I had 21 Pittsburgh. But now it sounds like Big Ben's not going to play. I'm going to say the Chargers, the Pittsburgh even has more trouble. Now, I could see the Steelers having success in this game if they can run the football effectively because the Chargers do not stop the run good at all, well at all. But I can't trust the Steelers up front, though, you know, because – you got to imagine that the charges are going to at least stack the box. You, and I know he doesn't, and I know he, and I know Staley's even said this, like he'd rather get beat by the pass than the run. Like he's more afraid of that. But again, Mason Rudolph in, in this offense, I, I, you got to imagine they stack the box and, and let Mason Rudolph try to beat him. Um, so, and especially they don't have Mika Fitzpatrick in that back end for the Steelers or TJ Watt. I just don't see the defense. That's too big part. Those are two, arguably two of the best defense players that's on that team. I don't see them getting many sides with Justin Herbert. They have not played well the last few weeks, but I expect them to play a lot better Sunday night against the Steelers team that's pretty banged up right now and kind of missing a lot of pieces. So, yeah, I got, I got you know, I could see the Steelers win this game. They could do a ton if they can run for like 150 on the ground. I just don't really see that happening though on Sunday night. Should be very interesting. Should be a very interesting week eleven ahead of us. But we got to get to college football. The, another edition of the college football playoff rankings came out last night. But before that, we got a promo from Clover, Clovercrest Media. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? 
I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting. So a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is people over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise is awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. College football playoffs are coming, and we got you covered in each game, rankings, and bowl game. We're breaking it down at each snap, each week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Joe Aguirre, Chase Garcia, and myself, Ovin Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at clovercrestmedia.com and hhwshow.com. It's all four downs, presented by the CMG Sports Podcast Network. Alrighty, we had the third edition of the college football rankings, uh, playoff rankings last night, and uh, and uh, no surprise this week. Obviously, we have Georgia number one, Bama number two, Oregon State at three, Ohio State four, Cincinnati State at five, Michigan six, Michigan State seven, Notre Dame eight, Oklahoma State nine, but Wake Forest ten, Baylor eleven, Ole Miss twelve, and Oklahoma thirteen. The only issue I have is Oklahoma thirteen. This committee, I know Oklahoma's not great this year. I get that Oklahoma's not great. This committee has completely disrespected Oklahoma. They're 9-1, and one and they're behind Wake Forest, who has one loss and plays in a worse conference. Baylor, I know Baylor beat Oklahoma. Baylor has two losses. Baylor lost two games. Oklahoma has one loss. And Ole Miss, they have two losses as well. So I know Oklahoma has not played that well this year, but the committee is completely disrespecting them, putting them at 13. I've seen today they, they have still a better chance to make the playoffs than even Oregon, who's number three. Yeah, that – that was surprise. I guess because they have not looked good all year, and I get where. But 
Yeah, like I wanted to go – the committee kind of just was, okay, we're kind of done watching Oklahoma in the playoffs and just kind of – because they're very biased. So that, that bias wouldn't be surprising to me because, you know, I'll get to that in, you know, in a minute. But that one was – you know, I, wa- I guess I wasn't surprised because they were sitting there going last week at number eight. But see in you know with the difference of Caleb Williams that was there for the last few weeks, but I was sorry he really struggled. I was surprised to see them in there the last few weeks at number eight. You know, and even like Michigan, Michigan State, both the losses were still ahead of them. So yeah, that was um that was a little bit surprising. But to see them at thirteenth now behind Ole Miss, which that probably that'd be an absolute shootout. I probably say Ole Miss is a favorite. Like right now, I think that is a spot because I do believe Ole Miss is better than them. Wake Forest. I probably take them over Wake Forest, though. Um, oh, easily you take them over Wake Forest. Absolutely. I, t- I the, actually Ole Miss. I think is underranked too. I probably have Ole Miss being eleven. I'd have I'd have Baylor behind Ole Miss, and I'd have Wake Forest behind Ole Miss. I mean, I think it's just totally total disrespect. I, I can't get over the disrespect this committee has for Oklahoma. Which is very surprising because it's a brand name, and yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in a moment as well. A brand name, but yeah, because I, I Ole Miss, I thought they should have beaten Auburn, but but Lane Kiffin took them out of that game, and even the Alabama game, I know they got absolutely smoked, but like when you go for it on eight times on four on fourth down, you you don't really have a chance to win that game. So I think it would have been closer. So. I could, yeah, like, like oh, I could see Ole Miss probably being nine and one too, maybe, and they're probably up there in the top ten, probably number eight, maybe, you know. So yeah, I think Ole Miss is a pretty good team, um, but I guess I'm not like at third because they were sitting there eighth, so you kind of knew, like, okay, the committee not really respecting them. Look, you know, they kind of reminded me of Florida State from you know 2015, where they kind of just coasted through every game. They won by a touchdown or two pretty much most of that year, but um, this kind of Oklahoma team now, it, they're kind of treating like that Miami team of um, 2017 when they went like 10-0 and 0 and then their last three weeks just got absolutely blown out. That's kind of what that, this, that's kind of what that Oklahoma team is reminding me of right now. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, I would they, they should be number 10 at minimum, at minimum, no, no, number 10. I know they lost last week. But when you have people saying they still have a chance to be in the playoff, they should not be uh, behind three teams that have no shot at making the college football playoff. It makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah, because unfortunately, Wake Forest has zero chance. You know, Baylor's still hanging around there. They're too well. No, actually, they have two losses. So, like, Ole Miss doesn't. So, yeah, like, this is – I don't really get – like, again, there's no criteria. Like, there's no set criteria – I don't know if you heard the comment too last night if you know um about actually you can't like um oh, I can't remember this specific quote now but it, it was like it, you can't base it all on like watching the games it, it was something to that line it was just like really so I you know I have no idea what the criteria is and if you know but then that's the thing like if it's not all based according to Gary Bart if it's not all based on what you see on TV then throw out the eye test then. then. Then throw out all that then. If that's what he's saying, and then that's when I'd have a point of saying if that's the case with Oklahoma having zero losses going into Saturday, then they definitely should have been 
either five or six with Cincinnati. They, you know, that that's what they should have been, but they were behind there because of the eye test and according to Gary Barta, that doesn't mean much to, to what he made it sound like last night, which is, I guess, not surprising. I guess it, it, it gets not surprising to me, but it's a complete joke. Yeah, I know, I know. But looking at the rest of the rankings, obviously there was really no surprise, and I, and I think the committee was at least consistent. I think I think the one thing you have to give the committee credit this for the credit for this week is they were, they were they were at least being consistent. They've been they hated Oklahoma all all year, and they hated Oklahoma, and then and these rankings they had no, there were really no surprise. I mean, with Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Michigan State and Notre Dame. I mean, obviously, if I'm on the committee, I would have Michigan and Michigan State ahead of Cincinnati because. I keep saying if one of those teams ends up winning the Big Ten, they're going to put that team in over an undefeated Cincinnati team. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is that I think why Cincinnati's still hanging around there is, according to Gary Barty, the eye test does not matter very much of what he's it been sure saying. Doesn't. So. It sure doesn't matter because Cincinnati struggled with a lot of AAC opponents this year. They have, and I really have struggled with that because they they got to be annihilating some of those teams that they really haven't. Um but, like, I really think – and I know a few weeks ago I said Alabama no shot with two losses, get it in. But the more and more I really think they're trying to set up Alabama with two losses to sit there at the number – probably get if they lose by a field goal to Georgia in the championship game, SEC championship game, I think they're the three seed. And I, I think wow. it thinks wow. the way they are. I think Oregon moves up the – I think Oregon moved the four and Ohio State would move the two. That's my prediction if everything kind of stays holds right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I see where you're going with Michigan, Michigan State. I still don't understand why Michigan State's behind Michigan. Yeah, that, that, I, that, that I, makes I, I, I mean, I understand maybe why, you know, I understand why people might want to, you know, put Ohio State ahead of Oregon because, they, because Oregon beat them in week, week, week three of the college football season. But Michigan State over Michigan still makes no sense to me. No, absolutely not, it, and it, it doesn't. And I, Hector's comment too. I'm wondering the same thing, Hector. You know, as he said, but why is Michigan above Michigan? Say I don't either, because I, 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 I don't get it. I don't because they're a more complete team, but they just lost to them. They, I, I, you know, so that's the thing. I just don't get it. And I was listening to something to an interview with Tim Brando today, you know, the Fox College, uh, Fox College football announcer. He said instead of the FBI, the committee uses the um, B, BNI, the brand name index, which is spot on. It's very spot on. It's all bias and all brand names and yeah, it's all that stuff. And so I am a little, you know, and Michigan State's a bigger brand name than Michigan State. And I think that definitely plays a part of that, even though. But if you're, going off brand, if you're going off brand names, why would Oklahoma be at number 13? There's just absolutely no consistency with the committee. The only thing they've been consistent about is not having a two-loss team make it. But if Alabama ends up making it, that, that, then, that, then they'll lose the one thing they've been consistent about the, for eight years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And all, all, all hell will break loose if Alabama gets in with two losses. And uh, if, they I, get in over, if they get in over an undefeated Cincinnati team. Oh, yeah, that would be, that would be I would, that would show you how hypocritical this committee is and how this committee would make absolutely no sense. Because even though I, I, would, I would even say if, if it's Alabama with two losses and Cincinnati with none, they should put, in, put Cincinnati in. Yes, they absolutely should, but they won't. I'm already telling you, like, I, I've, I've already kind of set myself up on whenever this the final show is, that Cincinnati's going to be sitting there at five. 
Like I still go back to when TCU beat Baylor by 52 points and they lost six or they dropped down three spots. And then they add, then they beat Ole Miss in the bowl game by I think about 30. Who's but, Ole but Miss the, was ranked number one at at one point during that season. But I feel like, like that was one of the years where the committee did get it right because they put Ohio State in and they won the national championship. Yeah, so I guess they they did get bailed out. But imagine they didn't like. Oh and yeah, I know it would have been bad. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you never know what this committee has in store for you. But yeah, like I I'm already kind of getting myself ready to see Cincinnati sitting there at the number five spot and, and watching the same four teams like we, we usually do. Um, cause yeah, cause it's like, they're just setting it up because Houston, I'm surprised they actually even put Houston in. I think they had to get to the point where it's like, okay, we absolutely need to put Houston in. Like we cannot just keep avoiding them. We can't keep sending them out because, you know, I, I think it all to just trying to set up the Cincinnati, eliminate them. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So we'll get to the games this weekend. We'll start uh, with the biggest game of the week. You got Michigan State going to Columbus to face Ohio State. And I think I don't think Ohio State is going to be in by three stories. I, I do think Michigan State is going to compete in the game. I think Kenneth Walker will have a good game on the Brown. I think I think Peyton Thorne, Thorne will have a will have a good a good game uh, through the air. I, th- I, th- I think, you know, I think Michigan State puts up some points, but I promise I don't think Michigan State, I think they have an issue stopping Ohio State. If they're going to give up 40 points to Purdue, I feel like they're going to up 40 to Ohio State. Ohio State had a huge week last week against Purdue. I think they have a huge week again. I got Ohio. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring game between these two teams. And I got Ohio State winning it. I got Ohio State winning it. I'm saying, I'm saying like 42-27. I got Ohio State winning it, and that sets up the humongous game in the big house next Saturday. Yeah, I got the Buckeyes 42-24. to The last eight games, Ohio State's rushing defense has played a lot better. They're only giving up, they've only given up 254 yards. That's only 73 yards per game and 2.3 yards per carry. So, you know, I think Ohio State's defense, especially in the run game, has played a lot better since pretty much that Tulsa game. They've played a lot better defensively. They kind of figured their things figured things out. I just can't trust Michigan State in the secondary. They've been horrible. And I think C.J. Strout continues to do whatever he wants. I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both have over 100 yards of offense or 100 receiving yards. I think C.J. Strout throws for at least 350, 400 yards in this game. I think Ohio State blows them out. I think it's 42 to 24. Um, I don't think Peyton Thorpe's going to be able to keep up, and I think they're going to – Walker's going to show run the football if they're down two to three scores. They're just not going to be able to run the football, so as I should as I should say. But, yeah, I go with the Buckeyes with a big win on the, at home. Yeah, that'll obviously force turnovers. I mean, that if, if they can't run the ball, it's going to force turnovers. And I think when everybody's healthy, I think Ohio State's got the best offense in the country right now. Absolutely. I, I do agree with they have two of the best wide receivers. CJ Stroud has just continued to get better. And they have three of the best running backs in the country with Henderson, um Teague and um uh, I can't remember, but uh, you know they 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 have three of the best wide running backs in the country. Those three would be starting at any other school in college football. You know, it, it you know, they've kind of they they give all three or been involved. Yeah, Teague, Henderson and um Williams are three of the best backs in college football. So, yeah, I, the Ohio State's often – they just got to continue to get better. Most of those guys are younger. Like, Wilson and Olave are both seniors or or junior, juniors and seniors, both of them are. But most of that team's a lot of freshmen and sophomores. Like, the team's just gotten better. And most of the team's coming back too next year. Like, it's one of the youngest teams in the entire country. So, that's a scary thing too is they're only going to get better next year. 
Absolutely. Uh, this was supposed to be their down year, you know, yeah. losing Justin Fields. This was supposed to be their down year, and it most certainly isn't. I mean, we thought maybe beginning of the year it might have been after they lost that Oregon game without Kayvon Thibodeau, but it sure isn't the way they're playing right now. So it's it's a big game in Columbus this week between those two teams. Very interesting what's going to happen. But we'll shift over to the Big 12 as Iowa State heads to Norman to face Oklahoma. And I think this is a game – I think it's a close competitive game, but at the end of the day, I'll go with the team – I'll go with the team with the better coach in Lincoln Riley. I'll take Oklahoma close, but I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State wins the game. I get Iowa State. I, wow. I, as I said a few minutes ago, this Oklahoma team now, kind of that Miami team that just kind of fall apart last few weeks of the year. I think Iowa State gets them 34 to 28. Both teams are coming off tough losses. Iowa State lost the game to a 62 yard field goal attempt. Um, you know, Oklahoma's been good top in the run for the most until last week, and they got absolutely blit blitz last week but i think iowa state does enough defensively to kind of bother caleb williams or spencer rattler whoever starts for oklahoma on saturday under center um i you know his cyclos team they kind of they played great against texas but last week they defensively sunk it's i i you know i expect their best defensive performance saturday like they did in texas where Texas really could not do anything offensively. I expect them to show up like that on on um on Saturday afternoon night, and I'm going to take the Cyclones to get the win at home or on the road. Uh, we have an ACC matchup in uh, where Wake Forest heads to Clemson, and believe it or not, Clemson still has I feel an outside shot to win that Atlantic Division. It's a very small chance, but they still have an outside shot to win the Atlantic Division. And who would have thought we'd be talking about them? Who would have thought this game would mean as much to them as it does to Wake Forest? But it does. And I think this is a this is a close this is a close competitive game. I think the difference is I don't think Sam Hartman has seen a defense that's been as good as Clemson. I think he struggled a little bit over the last. I mean, he hasn't played. I mean, he didn't play great against NC State, even though they won. I think this is a, again a, a close competitive game. But I think DJ's played a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to go with Clemson. They're a favorite at home, and I think they should be. I'm going with Clemson to win this game to get their to keep their hopes of winning the Atlantic Division of the ACC. Yeah, absolutely. They should be favorite. I got Clemson 34-31. They haven't lost a win in 2016. Is this a conference game? Yeah, it's a conference game. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah we we know, a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago, no, Wake Forest didn't play a conference game, and they lost to North Carolina. Yes, yeah. So they're down defeated, technically still in the ACC, which is it, it's insane. Um, but yeah, like. They have not lost at home in a while, been five years. I don't expect them. I think they do find a way to get this one. I think their defense is – I trust their defense, too, to get more stops than Wake. Wake Forest's defense the last six games have given up 39 points a game. Clemson's offense are going to figure something out. They, Will Shipley got hurt. I don't know if he's – I haven't seen if he's in a play or not, but he started to kind of figure things out the last few weeks. Um, they got a scare very early from UConn. They took the opening kick and – Kickoff back, UConn did, and then did nothing oh, after that. Yeah. But um, shocking, shocking there. No, yeah, they they covered. UConn covered, so oh, they covered. They were a forty point underdog, and they lost by thirty three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they covered. Hey, yeah, it's a win, it's a win for UConn. But um, you know, yeah, um, I see Sam Hartman making enough. Uh, you know, I see, I think Sam Hartman moves the ball against this team, but you know, because Clemson they go. 27 to Pittsburgh, and I think this offense is pretty much right there with Pittsburgh. Um, so I think they score some points, but I think Clemson finds a way to win this game. 
Got an SEC matchup in Tuscaloosa as Arkansas faces Alabama. And I think, yes, Arkansas is ranked, but they really struggled and went to Georgia. I feel like they're going to struggle on this game. I got Bama winning it by two or three scores and clinching the SEC West and, and punching their ticket to Atlanta. Yeah, I got Bama win this one as well, 35-13. to 13. Um, As you know, too, Arkansas needs to run the football, and that really opens up their entire offense. When the two games they have not – ran for 190 yards was when they got shut out to Georgia and last week where they only got 16 points against LSU. I'd be shocked that they get 190 rushing yards this week. Um, I think Will Anderson to be the, he's anchored the defense. I think he has a big week. He's leading the country with 12 and a half sacks, uh, you know, so far this season. Um, I need to be a tough day for KJ um, Jefferson to get anything going in this game. And I, I think they, they really struggled to get to points that they do. I think Bryce Young plays well yet again, makes some big plays in the passing game. And I think Arkansas can get some pressure on him because Alabama's offensive line has not gotten much better this year. And I think they could get some pressure, just not enough. And I see Alabama cruising the victory 35-13. We got an AAC matchup in Cincinnati as SMU faces Cincinnati. And I'm going to – I'm gonna. You know, I think this game's going to be close because Cincinnati has not put teams away, put AAC opponents away, even though SMU hasn't played as well. I think Cincinnati wins it, but, but only by a touchdown. Yeah, I get SMU getting this thing close, 34 to 28. The rumor has that Sonny Dykes has a contract session waiting for him on his desk for the last two weeks, but he's not signed it. So I, I think their writing's on the wall that he's probably going to, I would assume he's probably the favorite the TCU job right now. Uh, I assume that's the one he's eyeing, but. I, you know, I SMU played better last week, but the last few weeks before that, they have not, you know, they lost Houston. Then they also lost uh, Memphis. I think they just beat Memphis. They lost somebody. I believe it was Memphis. Um, but this is tonight's best test that they're going to face, you know, till Houston. This this passing attack is really Tanner Mordecai, the, the Oklahoma transfer, has been unbelievable this year. Um, but in Cincinnati's defense, they forced 16 interceptions. They've only given up six touchdowns. So, you know, they're, they're secondary to be really tested in this game. We're really going to find out a lot about them. And um, Desmond Ritter had never lost a home game yet. He's 24-0. He puts that streak on the line this week. It's a very good SMU team. But I think they do find a way to win this game, 34-28 at home. Got a Big Ten matchup in College Park as Michigan heads up to Maryland, and I think this game's a blowout. I think Michigan wins it by a couple scores. I think their Haskins are going to be able to run the ball. Haskins, I think their defense dominates in this game. I don't think they gave up more than 14 points to Maryland. And again, I think this sets it up. It said this sets up next week between Michigan and Ohio State, and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I got Michigan 31-14. Would not shy me to see Maryland keep this thing close because you got to know Michigan's looking forward to next week, and and you never know with well, Harbaugh's teams. No, you but do not. But the thing about Harbaugh's teams, though, is they usually beat teams they should beat. Usually yeah. the games that Harbaugh's teams lose are games that uh, are, are you're taking last year out of it, but games that that are tough, like going to Happy Valley on, 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 a, on a Saturday night, Michigan State, uh, Ohio. They never can beat We all know we can't beat Ohio State, and we'll be talking about that next week. But, yeah, but I, th- I think this is a game that Michigan wins pretty easily. Yeah, I think they should be able to because Maryland, they're 0-5 versus team to a winning record, and they've lost those games by – the margin of victory has been about 28 points. So they have really struggled against teams with winning records. They're 5-0 and against teams with losing – with under 500 records. So that's been the story of the season for Maryland. 
I just think Aiden Hutchinson just absolutely dominates him. Maryland off at the line's okay. I just think it's going to be a long day for Talia Tagovailoa to do anything offensively against Michigan's defense. And as long as Michigan shows up, you because you are absolutely right. John Harbaugh will beat anybody he's supposed to. It's the teams that he shouldn't beat, he will never beat. Um, we'll get a lot more and of that. Penn State, next Penn State week. last week was a game that he should, that obviously should win against James Franklin. Yeah. That doesn't go. That doesn't fall into the category of oh, a, 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 you know, an upset win. No, that's a game that if Michigan wanted to be in the college football playoff, they had to win, and they did because Penn State's not not a great team this year. So it's not going there on a Saturday night with against when they're playing against Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley. It's playing, you know, sh- sh- playing James Franklin with no running game. So that's definitely a game that Michigan should win. No, absolutely. And Penn State let that one get away from him last week, but um, I know it's a tough one for you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a game. Last week he he had to win. He should have won, and they did. But they held on, and they probably should have lost that game. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. He'll be who he can be. He will not get the upset wins. I'm like he should even lost to Nebraska in the year. But those are both those teams are two teams that have no idea how to win close games. Fight any means but um yeah michigan should be able to take care of business saturday but would not shock me if this thing is a lot closer than it should be we got a huge matchup in the pac-12 as oregon heads to utah to face utah and this is what i don't understand why is utah favored in this game they have three losses why are they favored against oregon jason justin answer that question for me why are they favored in this game oregon needs this win and i think they win this game close i think it's competitive and i think they win this game close and they keep their college football playoff hopes alive and it's looking like oregon's gonna have to beat utah twice to get to the college football playoff yeah and i got utah in this game 2023 i really have not i think oregon's played a oregon's played a little bit better the last few weeks but really like they haven't really blown teams out like they let Arizona hang around for a while against them like they did beat Washington State who you know even after they lost their coach has been playing hard I'll give them credit for that they went down the road to beat Washington by 10 Jimmy Lake actually kind of gift drafted that one for him with that late punt um that went you know ended up being a safety but um I think both these teams are going to want to run the football it depends on what offensive line you know, or what defensive line can shut it down more, what quarterback can make the bigger play, you know, late in the passing game. Utah has been unbelievable. They lead the Pac-12 with 31 sacks, and they've only given up 10, which leads the conference. I'm going to take Utah to win a close one. They're great at home. They've won 17 in the last 18 home games. Saturday evening, Kyle Whittingham, with this, if he went Saturday night, will become the all-time winningest coach of Utah history. To kind of wrap it up, like, against Oregon this weekend, if um, and whoever wins this game wraps up their division as well, or or in or for Oregon too. If Oregon State loses, they clinch. Or for Utah, if Arizona State loses, then they'll clinch anyways. But I think right now Utah's a little bit better of a team than the Ducks, what they've been playing with. And I I, I can't bet against the Utah Utes at home because that's a tough place to play, and they play well at home. We'll wrap up talking about Oklahoma State and uh, Texas Tech. And uh, I think Mike Gundy's team, they win a close one, and I think they keep their college football playoff hopes alive. Yeah, I do too. I had 34-21 to 21 Cowboys on the road in this one. Um, their last three games, they have they've, they've won by a total of 119 points. They are taking care of business. They have the third-best total defense in the entire country right now. They're only giving up 282 yards a game. 
They have 36 sacks on the year. Uh, and they're coming off of a performance where they had 446 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns at TCU. And they've held all 10 of their opponents to less than 24 points. So I don't see Texas Tech having a lot of success offensively. They won a really nice game last week at Iowa State. I think this Oklahoma State team, as long as Spencer Sanders keeps care of the football and they, they run the football like they did last week, obviously they're not going to get 446 rushing yards. But don't they run the football effectively? This is a, it, It's a very, very good football team. And, you know, I, I got to take the Cowboys on the road. They, they've looked really, really good. They've kept the foot on the pedal all year. And I, I don't see them losing to Lubbock on, Lubbock on Saturday. All right, it should be interesting week 12 of college football. We'll just wrap up with one thing, Justin, the uh, situation at Duke. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know if you heard, but Pablo um, Brunchu actually played last night. And, yep. you know, they said they were handling internally. They are investigating internally. I still thought they should have been suspended. Now, his grandson, Michael um, Servino, was not at the game last night. So. Okay. Um, and it sounds like Barnachu too. It the Jeep that because it was, sounds like it was Coach K's grandson, um, Michael Servino, who was driving, but the car was registered under um, Barnachu. Yeah, um, it sounds like the car was registered under the him, so that's why it's a weird one. A- again, he did that. So I don't remember 06, Reddit got you know, um. Pulled over for as well. He made an illegal U-turn to avoid a um, DUI checkpoint, and they caught him. He didn't get suspended either, and he went on probation. He had sixty days suspended license. Um, I think there was one other thing, but like he didn't get suspended for that. I just, I think you got to suspend him because at least for a game or two, because you're kind of tell like you know, you're kind of letting him get away with something that. We just saw with Henry Ruggs. It could destroy your life. And even for like two or three games, even just something like that, it kind of shows like, you know, you hope they know that it's a wrong thing to do and all that. Now these guys get paid too. Like, Barnchu definitely's got a big NIL agreement. Like, he can afford $30 for an Uber to get go back home. It's just something that you're kind of just teaching so they don't get away. So, you just keep enabling like guys get away with things like this, it's not good for them because then they're just going to think that they can get away with everything. And I think that's part of the problem when guys get into wrecks like this because that's not what you want. If it's a game or two, at least something to kind of show them like, hey, because most of these guys have gone through life and they've kind of – everybody's kind of given said yes to them. Like something where they actually, you know, face some kind of – Reality check is good for him, but I don't, I don't, you know, even Jalen Wilson on Kansas a couple weeks ago got hot. It was four games, you know, like something like it doesn't have to be that long. I figured he'd be suspended until Black Friday when they played the dog. I figured that's when he'd be suspended too, but I don't know why, especially if you're playing Gardner Webb, but he also sounded like he wanted the athletic department to take care of it, not, not Coach K, which also kind of surprised me. It's your program, you handle it. Coach K, but um, those are kind of my thoughts. I, I just didn't like how they, you know, there wasn't really a suspension. 
Yeah, yeah. I think there should be a one to two game suspension as, as well. But we'll see what ends up happening in the situation. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. For Jace Garcia, did a great job, and for Justin D'Afrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking Ohio State, Michigan, and Week 12 of the NFL season. Have a great week, everybody. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.